in this little series called Scared to Death. And last week I talked about fear. And we're declaring that today with that song, with our heart and with our actions. But today I want to talk to you about another relative of fear. This is like, uh, this is the crazy uncle of fear. And uh, you spend too much time with this crazy uncle, you're going to get in trouble. You're going you're gonna to find yourself with uh, a lot of regrets and tears when you deal with this uncle called worry. Worry is something we all deal with. And to jump in today, I want to ask you three questions, and they're rhetorical, but I want you to kind of think about your own life, think about how you respond to these things, and, and let's see where you kind of end on, this, on these questions. How do you answer these questions? The first question is this. First question. Who of you, by worrying, you have added a single good hour to your life? It's like, you know, I think about how much I worried about that situation and like I'm so much better off for it. Like I feel so much healthier after worrying. I've just, I've got more time in my day. It's like things are going my way because I just began to worry. Like not, you know, probably none of you. Second question, here it is. Who of you has worried so much that you think your worry may have taken a year or so off your life? expectancy. Anybody? Yeah. It's like, trust me, when you worry, it doesn't help you. It hurts you. All right. Third question in two parts. Part one, is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? Anything more valuable? Now, probably you would answer that if you you, you might answer by saying, yes, they're, they're, you know, my kids are more, I would take a bullet for my kids. Um, no, for the cause I'm involved in, I would die for the cause I'm, in, I'm involved in. But is there anything more valuable to you than continuing to breathe? Okay, second part of that question. Will worrying contribute to that thing that you value more than life? Will worry contribute to your children? Will worry contribute to that cause that you value more than life itself? So let's review. If worry cannot add to your life, if worry takes away from your life, and if worry will not contribute to the things you value more than life, then maybe we should stop worrying That's it. God bless you. You're dismissed. No, I mean, like we could do that right there. Like, stop it. Stop it. But it's so much easier said than done. It's so much easier preached on the platform than than actually activated in our everyday life. And I want you to be careful. Don't get skeptical too quick because I don't want you to, I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying a lot of things about worry today, but don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay. I'm not saying that your situation is not so bad because some of you have a tough situation you're going through and it's a natural inclination of our flesh to worry about stuff. I'm not saying it's not bad. We're not trying to dilute or dissolve life's situations, okay? I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that things are just gonna be fine. Don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Wait, wait, okay, all right, all right, all right. 
Things are going to be fine. That's not what I'm saying because you know what? Sometimes it rains on the good people and the bad people. Like it, it rains on, on Christians that are following Jesus. It rains on people that are pagans that, 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 have, that say there is no God. It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. So things are sometimes not going to be fine. And don't hear what I'm not saying, that you have zero reasons to be concerned. Like there are some things, situations, relationships, circumstances that should cause you to pause and reflect and be concerned. That's okay. That's natural. That's normal. Nobody's asking you to walk in with fake faith. Oh, bless God, it's going to be all good. It's a, it's a great day. Everything's fine. And, and things are like, you know, the wheels are falling off. You at least got a wheel in the ditch. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to be honest. But, but, but I'm not saying that you have zero reasons to be concerned. There's going to be issues that you face. That's not helpful. That's called denial when we do those things. All right, you don't have to worry. But let me jump in with our worship guide and take some notes today. And on the 411 on worry, I would say, number one, number one, we don't stop worrying by trying to stop worrying. Oh, I got to stop worrying. Man, I'm worried about it. I got to stop worrying. I'm, so, I'm, I'm always worrying so much. Oh, I'm worried about it. Like, it's trying to, like, I'm going to go to sleep by thinking about going to sleep. Anybody ever been there? Like, I've got to go to sleep. And you just hear every sound and creak in the house and... And you just can't, you're thinking about it and thinking, I got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep, got to go to sleep. And you don't go to sleep. Stopping worrying, <laughs> stopping worry in your life is not going to stop by trying to stop it. And you can see that people are intense about it because you can go to any bookstore online or, or brick and mortar and you can find the self-help aisle and there are thousands of authors that have penned thousands of books about stress and anxiety and worry. And they'll give you trigger points, how to identify what worry, how to behave, how to modify your behavior in order to not let worry run your life. But you know, really, when you, when you whittle it all down, all those authors, there's one seminal source, the greatest teacher who has ever lived and is still living today. The greatest teacher shows us how to really deal with worry. As he shares this good news with people in his own tribe, we read about this encounter with Jesus and his conversation about worry in Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus starts this conversation about worry by talking about one of the things that people tend to worry about most, finances. Whether it's your personal finances now, the finances of what they'll look like in the future when you retire, the economy of the country we live in, finances are a major thing people worry about. And so he kind of segues into this conversation about worry by talking about that one main thing. Here's what he says in Matthew 6. Jesus says, okay, nobody can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and you'll love the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Now, in the NIV, it translates to money. But in the original text, it says God and mammon. Mammon was the name of 
a God of treasures, God of riches, God of, of all your needs, the spirit of mammon. You cannot serve, so he's giving that, that indication. You cannot serve God, the one true God, and also mammon or, or, or a different God. You cannot serve two masters. Here's really what he's trying to, to get out. When, when you, when you, what your takeaway is from here, and it's not in your notes, but you may want to scribble it down on the side. My greatest devotions stir my greatest emotions. What you're devoted to, you'll have emotions towards. We see this in ourselves, in our families, in our jobs, in our careers, in, in our goals, uh, in the people we love, in the people we despise. Sometimes your greatest devotion will be an emotion stirred up somebody you don't like very much. And like you get all stirred up and hot and bothered and bothered and hot. For people you don't like, you're all worried about them. What they're going to say, what they're going to think. Like, who cares about Mo? And you're all worried about Mo. <laughs> so write it down. Number two, what, what I'm most committed to determines what I worry about most. Now, as your pastor, you don't want me to say this. It may be, it may be hard for you to hear, for me to say this. But I want you to, I want you to hear me, okay? And just, just listen, okay? I... I'm not that worried about your job. Like, I care about it. And if you wrote me a text or an email and said, hey, I'm struggling, I'd pray with you and I'd be concerned with you and I'd walk with you. But I don't wake up going, oh, man, I wonder how Bob's doing with this job. I wonder if he's going to get that raise this year. I'm not worried about it. Let me go a little further. I, I love your kids. I'm not worried about your kids' grades. No, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about how well your kids did in math. I'm, I'm not. I'm not figuring out how to get you your kids a tutor. You know why? Because I'm not. I'm not deeply devoted and committed to your kids' grades. I love your kids. I love being their pastor. But but I'm not the one that's most devoted to their. College education. I'm worried. I'm not worried. I'm not really worried about your retirement. <laughs> I hope you retire with millions. I really do. And that you're generous with it. <laughs> that you put first the kingdom of God. <laughs> but I'm not worried about whether you're going to retire or not. I care about it. But, but I, I, see, I tend, what gets my most emotion is what I'm most devoted to. And the same is with you. What Jesus is saying is, Whatever you're devoted to will get the most emotion, so it's important to make sure that you're completely, totally devoted to the right thing or really the right person first. Jesus says in Matthew 6, the next scripture, therefore I tell you, 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 you don't, don't worry about your life, or what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or about your body or what you're going to where? Now he's talking to an agrarian society who they were concerned about where they would get their next meal and where they might drink and what, what they might wear. It was a real situation with his audience. But some of you, your worry is not in whether you're going to be able to eat after church. It could be some of yours. You might be surprised at how many people in Angelina County are wondering where their next meal is going to come from. It may not be your concern, though. 
It could be more my, how my kids are going to do in school. It may be the behavior of, of, of my kids. It may be relationships that I'm in. How is this thing going to be mended uh, that, that's been broken? Uh, you're, you're, you're worried about uh, your retirement or you're worried about your job. You're worried about your boss. You're worried about your time. There's things. And he's saying, don't worry about your life. Because whatever you worry about most, that's really your number one commitment. And Jesus goes on to say, is not life more than food and the body and more than clothes? Now think about this. Isn't your life more than what college the kids go to? Isn't your life more than what your kids accomplish in sports? Isn't your life more than the, the J-O-B? Isn't your, life, isn't your life more than money for retirement or the money that's in the bank? Are those things important? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a trick question. Are those things important? Are those things your life? But yet we act like life would not exist. Like life would be ruined. Like our kids are going to be, you know, sleeping in a van down by the river if they don't get into ABC College. So you got to think of it. And Jesus says, is not your life more than that? And you're all worried about, you're wasting away your life worried about things that are less important than your actual life? Think about it. People think about having money for retirement so they can enjoy life more than they actually think about the life they're going to enjoy. We got to deal with this issue of worry. And so Jesus says, he uses a real-time illustration right there on the, on the hillside. And he says, okay, let, let, let me bring it down. He says this. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds. Everybody begins to look. Look at the birds of the air. And we're like in 21st century, you know, 2018. I don't got time to look at the birds. Like, I, I got I, I to gotta find that job or I got to fix that situation or I got to make sure things are right. I, I don't got time to look at the birds, Jesus. And he's saying, no, 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 chill. Look at the birds, like, just look at the birds. And this is what he says. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Guess who does? We do. We sow. We reap. We store away in barns. So, we like, we work hard. And birds just, like, do bird things. And Jesus goes on to say, they don't store away. They don't sow. They don't reap. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them he takes care they don't even work they don't even they don't have a 401k and yet your heavenly father takes care he feeds them and then he he he, he pulls out the response he, like he, he needs them to see something the same way you need to see it today he says are you not much more valuable than they do you know that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he didn't die for animals? When Jesus died, he didn't, he didn't die for the condition of our planet. Like, should you be environmentally concerned about our planet? Yeah, it's God's creation. Let's steward it well. But do you know that God's most valuable creation isn't the planet? His most valuable creation is you. You're much more valuable than the birds. 
You're made in his image. If there was one thing he could say, what might man look like? He decides, let's make man in our own image. You are more valuable than that. So if he's able to feed the birds and the birds can keep twerping. and I said twerping, not twerking. If the birds can twerp, right? If they can go about their blessed day making nests everywhere you don't want them to make nests. How much more valuable are you? How much more will he feed you? How much more will he take care of you? Made in his image. He goes on to ask the question we started this whole conversation with. He says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, see how the flowers of the field. He goes from the birds. He's like, look at the flowers. Just look at the flower. I don't got time to like the flowers. I got to sell. I got to go always be closing. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend. You labor. You spend. But the flowers... They just grow. And he says, I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, <laughs> they're like Jeremy Yancey's compared to Solomon. Solomon, unbelievable wealth in all his splendor. He couldn't even be dressed like one of these flowers. Now, Jesus again, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is mowed. It's thrown in the fire. It's made into hay and animals feed on it. If, if, if that's how he treats the grass of the field, will he not much more clothe you? Are you not that much more valuable? The answer is yes. But we worry like we're not. We worry as though he's... He's kind of God. And here he gets to the crux of the issue. He says, he, he says, will he not much more clothe you? And he says, oh, you of little faith. And, 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 he's not, and it's not like a mic drop, you know, slap in the face. You of little faith, get out of my sight. He's saying it, oh, oh you of little faith. I know you can believe more than you believe. I know you can, you can see this more than you can see this. And to understand this whole idea of you of little faith, we go to the, the primary scripture that defines faith, Hebrews chapter 11. And the, 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 the author says, here's what faith is. It's confidence in what we hope for. I'm hoping for that to take place, and I've got confidence it's going to happen. And assurance, I can rest, and I can be glad and I, I can be sure about what I don't see. This is what the ancients were committed, commended for. Like Moses and Abraham and, and, and Jacob. Like they were commended for that, that. The confidence of what they were hoping for and assurance about what they could not see. And he says, you, when you worry, you're not doing this. Write it down, number three. Some of us, we have more faith in our worry than we do in our God. Why? Because number four, write it down. We believe as we behave as if we believe worry shapes our future. 
So when we worry about something, we're hoping for a different outcome. We have confidence in our ability to sweat it to something else. To worry it into betterness. If I just worry about my spouse, they're going to bust open the door one day and just say, Honey, I've changed my ways. Let's go to Macy's. We, 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 we let worry shape our future. Because the more we worry about it, the less we talk to God about it. And, and, and we behave as though worry is a stronger agent than, than faith. Number five, more worry does not equal more hope. Besides what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We're living in a world and we're, we're seeing marriages and families and, and people we love. We need hope. We need hope. I believe the mobilized church is the hope of the world. The mobilized church is the hope of the world that we would make a difference in people's lives and be carriers, agents, traffickers of hope. Of hope. More worry will not bring you more hope. It won't but we act like it will. Now, are there times to be concerned, as I said earlier? Is there, is there zero reason to have concern? Of course, of course there's reasons to be concerned. In fact, it's not in the Bible, but it sounds like a commandment. Thou shalt have times of uncertainty. There will be times where you have uncertain situations. Is the business going to sell? Is, is the wife going to trust? Is the sister going to love you back? Is the kids going to, are the kids going to follow you where you're leading them? Will the prodigal ever return? Will I get the answer to that question I've been looking for? Will I get a second chance? Will God really forgive me? We have times where we're uncertain. I want to just say to you. There is no wringing of the hands of God. God is not uncertain. God is God. He is faithful. But in times of uncertainty, you and I need two things. This is going to blow your mind. I'm about ready to get theologically deep. You ready? First thing. First thing we need? Certainty. <laughs> it, when we're uncertain, we need certainty. And that's what to expect. When things aren't certain we want to know what we can expect we want to know we want to know the expectations we want to know the information all right that's what we need we need certainty but you know what else we need clarity we need to know how i should respond in a time of uncertainty when i could worry i need to know what to expect and how i should respond and when i don't have either one of those my my bend is to go all out worry that that's that's our inclination Okay, but here's what worry does. Worry brings about neither. Worry will never give you certainty, and worry will never give you clarity. In fact, when you look at the, the root of the word we get worry from, there's a there's a German, there's a German word called Wergen, but there's a Vergen. Everybody say Vergen. Everybody say Vergen. Thank you. Very good. Very good. So Vergen, the, 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 the definition of this root word is to choke or strangle. So, so 
Sometimes I just want the verg in my kids. No, no, that stop, stop. Um, I, I want to, worry will choke you and strangle you. We act like it's the answer, but it actually chokes out, strangles what's coming next when we worry about things. Now, here's a hard one to write down in just a moment. It, this is kind of the culmination of all this 411 on worry. When I worry, I am distrusting the promises and power of God. I know you would never want that, but that is what happens when all we do is worry about stuff. It'll choke you out, it'll strangle you, and it basically, it disses the promises and the power that God is truly in control. So Jesus says, so don't worry, <laughs> like don't, saying what will we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And he says, look, 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 like the pagans run after all these things. Like people that don't believe that there's a God, they worry and run after all those things. Don't, don't be a pagan, be someone who believes in God. And he's saying, pagans, they're going to act that way. Unbelie unbelievers are going to worry about a whole lot of stuff. But you're not an unbeliever. You believe in the God of the universe. And so as a believer, don't, don't be like an unbeliever in practice. Be a believer. Because here's what he also said. Jesus says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. It's not like, don't run like the pagans and uh, you just trust me whether you don't have it. Like, your heavenly father knows you need clothes, you need food, you need, you need a, a, an answer to that question. He knows what you need. He knows. I know that you need what you need. And here's what he says. Seek first. After all that's said and done, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. But you got to seek first the kingdom. When there is a kingdom, there is one king. And you know who the king is? Not you and not me. But in his kingdom, there is one king and his name is Jesus. And so we submit to the authority of that throne. We, we, we are under that throne of Jesus. We surrender to his will, to his ways. We yield to those things. We don't lean on our own understanding. We seek first his kingdom and what he wants. And if he's the greatest, devo the greatest devotion, our emotions will be dictated by that. How we respond when things don't go exactly. If my greatest devotion is his kingdom first. It's not in your notes, but I'll... I'll, I'll I think you need to write this down. Here it is. When order is restored, blessing is released. And when you're seeking last his kingdom, when you're seeking third his kingdom, when you seek fifth his kingdom, you're out of order. You, you, you can't. But when we seek first his kingdom, all right, so the first thing I do when I get out of bed is that I, I put my trust, my hope in him. I think about how, how faithful he is. I remind myself of the promise, myself of, the promise of God. I, I, I clothe myself with the armor of God. My, I'm going gonna, gonna to guard my, 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 my head the way I'm thinking with the helmet of salvation. I'm going to walk in peace, not worry. I'm going to have the belt of truth, which holds everything up. The truth, like keeps your pants on. 
Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clothe myself with these things. But when we get it out of order and we wake up and we're worrying, when order is out of whack, blessings won't flow in your life. Now, when I'm saying blessings flow, I'm not talking about the guy you saw on television that said, send in the $1,000 seed, and I'm going to send you this green oil. And when you get the green oil, I want you to pour it all over your checkbook, pour it all over your credit card, pour it all over your wife, pour it all over your kids. And we're going to pray, and the blessing is just going to, you're going to receive the divine transfer of God. <laughs> no. That, guy's, that guy is snake oil. It's wrong. And what's happened is perverted the whole idea of blessings in our lives because of people getting things out of whack like that. But if you seek him first in your family, in your relationships, in your, in your pride, and you, you humble yourself and you seek him first, when order is restored, blessings are released. When order is restored, it's like... Worry gets way down here, and the more, the more I put him first, the less I have to worry about. I mean, it's just what Jesus says. If Jesus is who he says he is, you can believe it. So Jesus says, therefore, all that being said, again, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. You're going to have enough uncertainty about tomorrow. You're going to have enough issues tomorrow. Right? You're not going to get baptized this morning and like walk into Monday, no issues at all. As, as we've said before, you know, you can, you can get saved on a Sunday and have a big old bunion on your toe. And when you walk out of church, you still got that bunion. And you're like, why do I have that bunion? It's because, like, you still got to deal with bunions. Just because you're saved, I mean, you're never going to have a bunion. All right, I got to shut up. Here we go. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus can clothe the flowers. He can surely take care of tomorrow. Right, everybody? So, when I find myself wandering down worry road, because we're all there, we all find ourselves taking a few steps down that road every once in a while, where it consumes us. We're thinking about it. We're twiddling our thumbs. We don't really know. We're, we're biting our bottom lip. We're going to make some declarations as a church family. And I want to invite you, if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, if his kingdom isn't for, if like you're still on the throne of your heart, today in a few moments, you're, you're going to be able to kind of relinquish the throne. You're not kicked out of the kingdom. But you say, Jesus, you be on the throne of my life. That's putting things in the right order. You're not going to stop worrying tomorrow if you haven't put Jesus on the throne. So here's some declarations we're going to make today. When we, when we begin to wander down that road, just like last week I talked about how my, four, my daughter, when she was four years old, the lightning struck, the thunder rolled, and in the middle of our little hallway there in our house, she, she just quoted a scripture she had learned in her little preschool. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And we can have some things we declare when we worry. All right? Number one, I am not going to add anything good to my life by worrying. Everybody say it out loud with me. Go. I will not add anything good to my life by worrying. I mean, if you think an ulcer's good, go. 
but you're not going to add anything good. Number two, let's say it together. Ready, go. I will not waste my life with worry. See what we've said? We're not going to add to it, and we're not going to dilute it or diminish it or lose it by worrying. Here's a question we have to ask ourselves when we're wandering down worry road. Number three, what will I trust most, my worry or my God? My worry or what am I going to trust? My ability to think things over or God who spins the world into existence? What will I trust, my worry or my God? Do you, do you know, listen, friends, listen, listen, listen. We would never say, as a Christ follower, you would never say, there is no God. But when we worry, we're acting like there is no God. We would never say that God it doesn't exist. But when we worry, we're acting like there's no one in control except me. So what am I going to trust most? My worry or my God. Number four, I will do my best with what I have, and then I've got to rest in God's providence, in his ability to navigate my life, in his willingness to speak into my life, in his desire to not be a God disconnected from humanity that every once in a while on occasion when he feels the urge, he might just slowly lean over the wall of heaven to see how the minions are doing down there. No, he is active in our lives and he wanted to show that to you, prove that to you in times where you could worry. He says, no, 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 listen, I love you so much. I'm so wanting to be involved in you that I'm gonna give my son a name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the name Emmanuel which means God with us. Because me leaning over the wall of heaven, I know that doesn't say, that's the big man upstairs. That's the big cheese. That's the, that's the God I really don't really know that I hope he's not mad at me. No, 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 no. I'm going I'm to give you Emmanuel. I'm going to give you Jesus, Savior of the world, God in the flesh with us, so that whenever you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. I don't have to worry. He's with me. He's with me. Would you close your eyes? Today, if you're here and you've not invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, saving is great, like he saves us from sin, but the Lord means he's in charge. And we appreciate the Savior side. Sometimes it's harder to bow a knee to the Lord's side. But if you're here and you say, oh, Jeremy, I need I need to put him first in my life today. For the first time or the first time in a while, I've drifted and I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Jeremy, would you help me realign my life? I wanna pray for you. You say, Pastor Jeremy, would you pray for me and help? Would you lead me in a prayer that realigns my life by putting God first in my life? If that's you, would you just put a hand up in the air? Would you pray for me, Pastor? Yeah, just put it right up in the air, right up in the air. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're doing business with God, not with me. This is between you and God, but I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna be a tour guide for you today. In your own words, you can put your hands down. In your own words, you simply say, Jesus, would you be the Lord of my life? I surrender to you. Surrender is so tough because it means that I'm not in charge anymore, but 
I relinquish control. I step away from the throne. You, Lord, take up, take the throne, Lord. Take the throne. And, I, and I'll surrender you. And I'm not, I don't become just a peasant in your kingdom. But you actually say, I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the king. I have value. And so I give you the throne, but I don't have to go into the basement like Cinderella. I, I get to be with you. And you're going to bless and you're going to guide and you're going to lead. Thank you. I give you control of my life. Thank you for not being mad at me today, Lord. For giving me this moment to make things right with you, I confess you are Lord. I believe that you died and rose again. I believe you are who you say you are, Jesus, the Son of the living God. And I devote my life to you today. Help me with tomorrow. I can't worry about tomorrow, but I give you tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Eyes still closed. Full confession time now. Come on. I worry about stuff I shouldn't worry about. Anybody? Hand raised. Hand raised. Think about what you worry about. Think about it. Think about those things. And now turn that hand where it was raised and you just put it palms up. Just put it palms up. Okay, Lord, you are who you say you are. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop trying to hang on to it and control it and divide it and conquer it. I'm, I'm giving it to you, Lord. Palms up to you. Palms up to you, Lord. I'm going to choose faith over worry. I'm not going to have certainty every moment of the day, but I know that you are in control. Would you just say that to the Lord? You're in control, Jesus. You're in control, Jesus. 